Hello everyone, welcome to Right Act, the alternative music podcast with myself, Mr. Stephen Hill. And here, old bloody badger nipples over there, it's <laughs> Renfrey Deadman. Oh, you found out the rumours about me, I see. How, how annoying. I wonder if that sort of thing would have been written on a uh, popular search... Uh, popular online dictionary. Or well, we'll soon find out, won't we? We'll soon find out. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's got to end, what's going on there. Um, how are you, mate? I don't know about your nipples. That just that popped into my head a millisecond before it came out of my mouth. Badger, I'd say I have... Badger nipples. Don't know what it means. Average size nipples. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. What does badger size nipples? Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, if any, I've if any never of my, seen a badger's nipples. If any of my exes are listening, I would like to contact the show and uh, say it, how large if, my nipples are. If Chris Packham's <laughs> listening, and yeah. who's the only person... Yeah. Well, Chris, Pack- Chris Packham is an ex, so that would make sense. <laughs> uh, no, he's not. Libel, blah, blah, blah. I mean, why that's libelous, I don't know. Oh, we had a laugh last week. Yeah, we had a bloody laugh, Renfrey. (laughs) We did the Batman soundtrack, which uh, I very much enjoyed because I love it. And I've got to say, shout out to well, just fucking everyone, basically anyone and everyone who's gone on to the Prince Batman Wikipedia page. Um, which now re- I'm going to read the entire. This is what's happened in the in the week since we recorded. Great. Batman is the 11th studio album by American recording artist Prince and the soundtrack album to the 1989 film Batman. It was released on the 20th of June 1989 by Warner Brothers Records. As a Warner Brothers stablemate, Prince's involvement in the soundtrack was designed to leverage the media company's contract-bound talent as well as fulfil the artist's need for commercial, if not critical, revival. The result was yet another multi-platinum success cross-media enterprise by Warner Brothers in the vein of Purple Rain. The album was number one on the Billboard chart for six consecutive weeks. It has sold over 11 million copies worldwide. This is the only album the influential music journalist Stephen Hill from Riot Act Podcast owns on vinyl, cassette tape and CD. Open brackets, however, not on mini-disc. Close brackets. (laughs) Good, so far so good. So Renfrey Deadman of the same podcast confirmed that he wanks the Prince whilst listening to this album, yeah. open brackets, however, never to completion, close brackets, and often plays it in the background while he deals with his crippling alcohol addiction. Again, the part of this description confirmed. is simply <laughs> simply a reminder that if Renfrey asked you to buy alcohol for him, just to say no. Once so, again, definitely not, definitely not confirmed. So... so <laughs> That's good. Is it? I've enjoyed that. That's good, is it? (laughs) Yeah. That's good. What I like about it is it's factual and it's kind of fun as Mm, well. Interesting use of the word factual there. Well, for my, very factual on my part, everything to do with me, I mean, you know, the mini disc is I haven't got the CD, me being influential. Influential part, isn't it? uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true as well. Should we dissect the bits which aren't aren't relevant (laughs) to me? I mean, um, I never confirmed that I actually wanked a prince. Well, you did, just you didn't confirm to this album. You didn't necessarily say this album. I think I hinted Mm. rather than confirmed, and I am... You're sounding a lot like Bill Clinton now, (laughs) Renfrew. I did not have sexual relationships relations with myself myself whilst listening to Prince. Um... Uh yeah oh I I and what was the other bit what was the second bit there uh you play it in the background now yeah this has come from nowhere you play it in the background background while listening to uh, while dealing with your crippling alcohol addiction well it hasn't come from nowhere has it it's come from the mind of Stephen Hill <laughs> because you're you're the person who who brought this whole oh Rupert's an alcohol addict thing oh God, you're really enjoying yourself oh it's good <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, that's good fun. Yeah. Um, so, well, no, but <laughs> sincerely, I, I should say thank you to the people who did that because uh, people are assuming that it's one of us and it, it is. It's, it's not it. me. I can't, I don't know how I've, to do it. 
I was going to say, Steve is a technophobe. I, I, I don't have a Wikipedia account and I've never ever, I mean, I could find out how to, but I've never edited a Wikipedia page. So other people have done this for us. Did you also notice what time they did it? No. I don't know what time the podcast went out last week, but you can find out when edits have been made. It was about quarter past six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so someone listened to it. Like, I, I, I think oh my God. you're right. I think it goes up, you know, maybe four or five in the morning. We try and get it up so that you have it for your work, for your community. Yeah. You know? And and yeah, someone like got got up, listened to it. It's like, oh, I'm going to pop that on Wikipedia <laughs> before I go to work. Immediately, I'm amazed it's still there. The thing is, I'm it's going to get removed. There. Obviously, at this point, when that's written there, it, it is definitely going to get removed. But it's a shame because my bit kind of should still be on there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? My bit should deserves to be on there. You're going to um, be furious when yeah, it's removed, so aren't you? When that gets taken down, I I am going to blame you and your problems for it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't put those. You know, no. I was fine with the initial. What it initially so guys, said. Like, if fine. there's any sort of edit, then you you can keep keep the bit about my uh, me owning it on if tape. If I can make it all factually accurate, yeah, you may all fact that that'd be cool. But anyway, as that, wonderful a way as that was to start, may I remind you, Steve, that we need mm. to do a musicism shout out? Yeah, I know. I'm about to do I it now. I do apologise. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, um, shout out musicism who uh, <laughs> facilitate this kind of nonsense. Um, <laughs> Uh, they provide. I some thought of you were going to say facilitate me wanking to Prince. No, no, I, I mean no, it wasn't. I not as far as I'm aware. But Dan and Ben, if you guys have any uh, advice or knowledge for that kind of thing, I see Dan as a start bit of a course. Father. Start some a course. sort of online course. I mean, that's what that's they a do. Good idea. Online tutorials for you to become a better guitarist, better singer, better producer. Uh, Nine ninety nine Get twenty five percent off when you put Riot in capital letters in the checkout, and you'll get that for a bit cheaper, and it's be worth it at the moment. Um, masturbatory advice, I believe, is not available, but they've got bigger fish to fry. They're definitely work. I reckon they're working on yeah. it. Unlike me, who uh, <laughs> <laughs> continue to travel down this pathetic road as far and as deep as I possibly can. What the masturbatory I to, road? I want to get to the point where the Prince Batman soundtrack has just got more lies about you than it has actually about. <laughs> prince or batman or that would be amazing wouldn't it i suppose we have the audience who can make that happen don't we yeah uh, we potentially do. um well yes uh, i'm a little bit worried about where this can go but fuck it yeah let's see what happens oh, i'm looking forward to it anyway on this show speaking of looking forward to things <laughs> on this week's show we're going to be reviewing the new albums from puppy the new albums from king 810 and the new debut ep from aa williams we'll be talking about architects massive wembley extravaganza and um i'm going to be shouting out right now um for you to go over to the uh, the patreon page because as we speak today as we record this our first um special has gone up for everyone who's not a patron but if you want to be uh, involved more in the rioters review which went up today is me and renfrey talking about manic street preachers classic uh, gold against the soul record which yeah. is good we got a really big manic street preachers fan page on we facebook did. sharing it yeah, which was did. really nice really so nice. thank you uh, forever, forever delayed. delayed um but yeah um it was good fun that one wasn't oh. it and i hope it makes you go and want to listen to um, The Magic Breaches more. And a very if, underappreciated record as well. Definitely, yeah, yeah, for sure, as we go into. So that's up now for everyone, but it's been up a couple of weeks for patrons. So if you go over to the patreon.com forward slash right act podcast, just any any kind of donation that you wish to make means that you'll be able to get all of this content early. I believe the people who have done that have already got ones on... Bonavere. Uh, Bonavere. 
and I think probably about to get, get Nick Cave. Nick Cave. Yeah, right. we've done Oasis as well. We're going to be doing Hawkeyes. We're going to be doing Soil Work. Was another one we said we were talking about again mm, for maybe. you. <laughs> I'll put that down the list a little bit. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, and uh, yeah, but we've got a bunch of them. Yeah, we've got coming up. Um, I think the cow decapitation was one that we cow decapitation. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. Um, Frank Turner. Frank Turner. Yeah, there's a few that we've got kind of on our radar in the next week or so that we're going to be recording. They'll be going up for patrons first. So all you got to do is put a little bit of a, a pound in the pot and a bit, bit of pound just a, a bit, bit of, of a pound a bit of a pound or a bit of a fiver <laughs> like a pound is a bit of a fiver uh put that in a pot and then you get to get them early and also you get to actually pick what we do because uh, yeah. suggest might. what we do yeah yeah well i mean yeah yeah you you pick an album and uh we can it, sound, it sounded like i was correcting you we're there. gonna get through eventually we will get through we'll get through them. them all eventually yeah, yeah eventually yeah. and then we'll have to think of something new to do which i'm not looking forward to because I have no imagination whatsoever <laughs> that isn't to do with you drinking or masturbating. Um, so, yeah, uh, go over and do that. And also, um, we're, we're going to be having the Clutch Neil Fallon special coming up this week. That should be good. You spoke to Neil Fallon. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about our five favourite Neil Fallon performances yes. as well. So, that's on its way. So, yeah, we're trying to give it's you as much Tuesday. content as we possibly can. I wonder if we should also say, um, just because we haven't mentioned it for a little while, if you like what we do... <laughs> can you give us a review oh That'd yeah give nice. us a review on itunes because oh, i don't think we said it for a while i don't like podcasts that go on about it all the time no, like, neither, really. boring but you know there's like there's a few up there now 120 or so which are really nice one or two not so nice ones but for the most part um they're all five stars and stuff i mean if you don't like what we do just don't bother mate um, i don't know why you're listening yeah i, do you know what I mean stop listening but that, um, i'm assuming if you if you've got this if you've got like 26 episodes in yeah you probably like it exactly yeah be but, odd and just go oh i hate this i'm gonna continue listening to it <laughs> but a review or or tell a mate or tell mates if you have multiple mates or uh whatever anyone who you think would enjoy it bloody bloody blah, blah, blah um because uh we just haven't said that for a while yeah. and uh, i'm sure it does something if we do so yes okay Right, well, anyway, on with the show. So, Renfrey, uh, at the weekend on Saturday, you and I, mm-hmm. um, although I didn't see you and you didn't see me, we both had slightly different time schedules to what happened with this gig. I spent the whole day at Wembley Arena, yeah. pretty much, with mm-hmm. Architects, um, which you'll be able to read about in a forthcoming Metal Hammer magazine. I did a kind of like backstage AAA thing with them, which was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm not going to talk about the sort of state of mind that they're in because that will be coming in my Metal Hammer feature which you'll be able to read soon but well they were will... pissing themselves to that Prince Wikipedia entry weren't they collectively <laughs> didn't, didn't show them that didn't show them that no um, and uh, laughing they... about influential journalists <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah they were um, uh, anyway um, but what we can talk about is the actual show now I didn't get to see Polaris and I'm going to say a personal apology to uh, to claire at nuclear blast who i saw about half an hour before polaris are on and i was like yeah yeah i'm definitely going to watch them and then i went for a drink uh with merlin orderslade from metal hammer magazine who Hello. turned up 40 minutes later than he said he was going Merlin. So I miss Polaris. I believe you miss Polaris as well. I certainly did. Um, you seem slightly <laughs> happier about it than I was. Uh, but um, I did get to see Beartooth. Yes. Did you see Beartooth? I saw the last song of Beartooth because right. there was a ridiculous queue at Wembley Arena. Now, I have not listened to the new, or say the latest, Beartooth record. Oh, have you not? I haven't. Even I have. Have you? Yeah. So I haven't heard the new Beartooth record because I think it came out at a point where... 
I was just listening to Act Two Baby over and over again last <laughs> summer. I think I've spoken about it. It's before. a slightly more um, radio-friendly sound than they've gone for in the past. The the big Ooh. melodies, those big chorus melodies <coughs> that Caleb Shomo is um, you know quite good at. Mm. I'll give him credit. Uh, have been pushed to the fore. Right. Bar that, it's another Bear Tooth album. Okay. Um, I thought they were quite good. Okay. Yeah. I thought they were pretty good. I thought they did a decent job of warming up the crowd, uh, considering they did. I mean, they didn't really have anything by way of a show, which I guess support bands don't really. Yeah. But sometimes in an arena, um, I've seen support bands like sort of go all out to put on some sort of like production that will. Mm, at least well, so that people <laughs> try and like compete re- with the headliners yeah or people will remember them at, at the very yeah, least because yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's often we've just discussed in the past that it's often um, obviously it's great to have that opportunity to play in so in front of so many people but arena mm. support slots are often like very very difficult indeed yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. so um, I thought they did alright I mean I've got to say that when they played the in-between uh, the the world um, yeah right? that came back from the crowd when he put the mic out to him was fucking massive and they got like a fair few circle pits a few walls of deaths um, which people is, were certainly moving for the last song yeah yeah into. yeah yeah I mean it was it was weird. like it, there were a few songs, obviously there were songs that they played that I didn't know mm-hmm. that I thought sounded yeah I think when you say they they've gone for a more radio friendly sound that would make sense to me because that's what i heard um not necessarily saying that's a bad thing no i don't think it's a, i don't think it's a bad thing um I, it, it's but it was just but that apparent. is what they've done yeah. Yeah, yeah uh and i thought they were okay i mean i th- you know i i think it's hard when you the last two times architects have played in london they've had while she sleeps and bury tomorrow with them who are both british bands and it just felt more of a uh those two bands felt much more connected to the kind of the overall uh feel of the show if you know what i mean they are more architects like than bear tooth yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i think they kind of sat a little bit better and you know particularly bury tomorrow who were on a bit of a hide into nothing at brixton um really put on a uh you know very memorable considering just what that brixton show was which i think like they they did very well i don't quite think bear tooth managed to hit those heights but i Mm. thought they were all right okay Mm. okay so architects now this is interesting because there's not really much point me even pretending like you don't know what i'm gonna say uh you all know what i'm gonna say um because i've said it over and over and over and over again over the last sort of few years um the the two architect shows that i've seen in london at Brixton Academy and Alexander Palace are two of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, they were f- fucking phenomenal both times. Both quite different as well. The vibe of the show is has been very different. The first one, I think, was a real... Um, very, very cathartic. The second one felt much more like a comeback, a celebration. And this felt much more like a very professional architect show. I don't... Do you mean that in a good sense or a bad sense? I mean it in a... No, a good... Well, a good sense. I mean it in what it is, which is that they couldn't carry on playing those sort of shows forever. Do you know what I mean? They couldn't carry on playing shows that lent so heavily on 
a collective feeling from the from them and the crowd forever like they're a band and at some point they were going to have to be like you know don't come and see us to sort of mourn with us or feel sorry for us or go oh, yeah like you know i wouldn't say ali pally or brixton felt like people were kind of doing it out of pity or something like they felt sorry for them at all at all but it certainly was a very very different vibe this felt much more like a band a really really great band cementing their legacy as a really really great band and it was the first time that i've seen them where i thought actually the story is incidental in this they're just great like they're just a great band playing Wembley arena how they got there and blah 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 like it's the fact that they're there as opposed to how they got there, which was really, really inspiring. I thought they were incredible. Do you think the circumstances that are beyond con- their control and the genuinely tragic circumstances yep. are part of the reason <clears throat> they're there, though? Uh, no, not particularly, no. I think <clears throat> I think the people that are already there uh, are, are clinging on to them tighter now. I mean, it's and it's hard to 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 create that level of emotion. I mean, one of the things that I think was incredible, like I was in the seating area. Yeah. I had a row with hardly anyone in front of me. You know, it was the, the floor was packed. The floor was yeah. sold out. The floor was definitely and sold out. The seats were, I think, very well sold. You know, the back of Wembley was cut off Mm. but it didn't look empty i'm going to i'm just going to interject here because i would say that i reckon it was sold as well as a perfect circle was sold uh which was a perfect circle back in december exactly the same venue and i noticed a lot of people with perfect circle saying stuff like oh but they didn't sell out did they in the music press mm. i'd be really interested to see if the music press say the same thing for architects and i wager that they probably won't no i d- don't think they will and i don't think they should why because a perfect circle are a massive famous long-lasting american band uh, full of big name players right quite why they decided to come back six months after they'd done two nights at Brixton Academy just to do one day at Wembley Arena mm. I don't know yeah. it was a silly it was a silly decision on their part well I'm assuming it's because that was the end of the cycle and they wanted to yeah, get on with maybe, stuff. maybe yeah, but yeah. you know it, it didn't make sense to me to do a one-off show at Wembley Arena when you've just played two nights at Brixton no, like I agree with before. that definitely <clears throat> Architects did a full tour that's true it's a full tour so let's not forget that they did two nights at Manchester they played Cardiff the night before they had done Glasgow like you know it was a full UK tour yeah right whereas Perfect Circle did Manchester and and London yeah Yeah. did two one-off shows right now Perfect Circle have I'm not sure if they've played an arena here in the UK but they've definitely played them throughout Uh, the rest of the world yeah, Hammersmith is the before Wembley. Hammersmith is the largest venue they yeah. played in this country. Yeah, so uh, architects have 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 built their way up to that. Also, if I go see Perfect Circle, I want to sit down. Mm. If I go see Architects, once mm. in, I think a lot of people were like, "Ah, oh, man!" Mm. Once mm. those mm. floor tickets were sold out, I agree. I agree. And actually, I saw kind of. Um, I I think I saw. Um, 
Dan sort of uh, on on Twitter, like talking about this sort of saying, architects fans don't like to s- sit down, <laughs> and yeah. I think that's something that they've, you know, I, <laughs> it makes me question if they'll go back to this arena s- status because I'm not sure it's the best fit for them at well, all. Th- well, Bring Me the Horizon did a similar thing by going back to Ali Pali. Yes, they did Ali Pali, then they did the O2. Well, they did no, they did Wembley, then they did Ali Pali, and then they did the O2, and then they went back to two nights at Ali Pali. You've got to think that architects, and you know, we'll have, we'll see with Parkway Drive in a few weeks. You know, like maybe Ali Pali is the best fit for kind of really heavy bands. I don't necessarily think them. I, I, do you know what I mean? I think if they got much bigger, when they are still getting bigger all the time. No one will ever go, well, do you think Slipknot should play the O2? Do you think Slipknot should play Wembley? Like, it's just a given now, isn't it? You know, they're that big. And they're but possibly the only band, them and Slayer. I was thinking about who's heavier than Architects that have played that have headlined Wembley Arena. Slipknot and Slayer? I can't think of anyone else. Uh, oh, you could say Opeth if you were choosing to sure. include the death metal stuff, but sure. they probably I mean, they, didn't they, play any of that. They cut off half. No, they did actually. I was no, at okay. that Wembley show, but they cut, they cut off half the arena, so yeah. I don't think that counts. So, you know, there's, uh, there's a paucity of bands that are as extreme as Architects that have been able to, to, to play that venue. Mm. So what I thought it was is rather than... I mean, there were moments, to kind of go back to the emotion of it, there were moments, but I mean, I actually thought when Sam... Um, introduced the band one by one it felt it was a a moment that felt genuinely intimate in a massive heavy metal arena show the show the firebombs the sound the lights the the lasers the stage set all of it was you know the sort of thing the sort of show you now expect from a massive arena metal band but you don't see any of those other bands just stopping and putting the house lights up and go, and talking for like 10 minutes and you know that that was that's more the sort of thing that like Eddie Vedder would do with Pearl mm. Jam mm. than who we spoke before about being able to shrink an arena down to the size of like a pub and architects can do that's the thing that they've got in their lives they can do that as well like Sam can command people to do that as well I mean personally I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a landmark evening for British heavy music. And I've said that the last two times. I've said it for very different reasons. This has got literally, if I strip away all the personal emotion that I feel mm-hmm. towards that band, which is big, do you know what I mean? Is is a, is a lot. If I step outside of that on a on a on a on an analytical, you know, cold, emotionless level, I still looked at that and went this is going to be something that people remember for a fucking long time. It, it, it felt like a game-changing evening to me because that is a British band. The, you know, the, the, the joint second stroke third heaviest band ever to headline Wembley Arena. And they're a British metal band. And they're not a British metal band with Ollie Sykes fronting them. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they don't have a big... You know, they're not big personalities. They're just five blokes. So they walk on stage. A big personality. He's got his own fucking clothing label. Doesn't of course, make he him is. a big personality. Well, he's, he, he's well, got the he, smallest personality. He, he, Ollie Sykes <laughs> he's is a, one he's of the most recognizable. Yeah, Ollie yeah, Sykes yeah. is one of the most recognizable faces yeah, in yeah, yeah. music. Yeah, fine, fine. And 
you know they they don't have there's no gimmicks there's no do you know what i mean there's nothing that is additional to architect success success other than the music they make and like it was it was fucking i thought it was fucking brilliant i thought it was fucking brilliant and i thought it was like a really really inspiring thing and i think it will be more inspiring to young people that were there that go oh fuck if you actually just do 12 years 13 years of just hammering it and really like honing your craft you can you can headline and, and you want to be heavy you can headline Wembley Arena what a fucking statement that is hmm. it's brilliant I thought it was brilliant I think um, a lot of the things that you just said there are the exact reason why I didn't like it um, so I I mean it's no secret my feelings on architects at all you know we should just get that out of the way and like the question that I was asked the most on Saturday night was why are you here <laughs> which right. was kind of which I kind of found a bit sad to be honest because you know I'm a journalist who has a specialist interest in heavy music and a specialist knowledge in heavy music mm. architects are now one of the biggest heavy bands in the UK I'd not seen them for eight years prior to this I found out when they last played Sonosphere and yeah. you know when they played that set like to give you an idea of how much they've changed they didn't play a single song um, that's true yeah you know eight songs from holy hell five <coughs> yeah, from all five our from gods, all our gods three, three from um lost forever, lost forever and one one from, from uh, daybreaker. daybreaker yeah so they didn't play a single you know didn't play a single song from the first three four records mm-hmm. um and uh you know I, like it is i feel that it is my uh, duty is probably a bit, a bit over the top but responsibility to go and see when a band is absolutely massive and when a band is as well loved as Architects to go and see it and try and objectively figure out what it is that other people are seeing that I am failing to see yeah and I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say that I still don't see it what I kind of saw was quite an average metal band on a big stage with a very um with quite a nice production but even like i think the production goes to show like part of the issue with architects as well in that there was nothing innovative about it there's nothing different about it you know it's all well and good having pyro and a nice light show and lasers Mm. but when you're at that level when you're at an arena level, I think that you have a kind of, however you've got there, I think you have a kind of responsibility to try and push the boundaries of everything. Your music, push the boundaries of uh, how you put a show on and put your own stamp on what it is you do. And I don't see, whilst I have admitted in the past that of this modern crop of a genre that I admittedly don't like, they are probably the best at doing it. I don't see any innovation or anything interesting or <clears throat> in what architects do. And they operate within an incredibly narrow boundary, as we've discussed before, and they don't really go outside of that boundary. And I was thinking about this at the show, and I think that if you go back to the last time that architects took a risk... It was the here and now, I think, realistically. Like, took a proper risk. I don't mean, oh, let's try a little bit of singing. That's not a risk. Like, an actual big fucking I, uh, risk. 
I think this, the last album is more than just <coughs> a, a little bit of singing, to be fair. I think you could say Memento Mori is a 10 minute long song. Like, I don't think those are very big risks, to be honest. I don't, I don't think in, they're in, in the framework of where they operate, they are. Well, I, I, that's, then that's the problem. The framework is the problem for me, for, <clears throat> in my art. Because if, if you operate within a framework which is that limited, I'm just not going to be interested. But I think so many bands do. There's so many bands do like every single fucking band from any genre have to operate with um, that's the the beauty of metal is that on the surface it would appear the framework is so small yet you get so many, but the smaller the framework the, that's I almost think that's where some of the best most innovative like extreme metal by it's by design it has an incredibly narrow framework and you think of all the many different things that those bands I mean that's obviously that's a different story mm. I mean but I went back to you know I remember I've said this a few times like Jerry Seinfeld always says when they were making Seinfeld they needed the the the, um, the, the label the TV like studio to come mm. in mm. and go you can't say this you can't say that you can't say that you can't do this you so can't that make they this could find ways so they could it. find ways around it and yeah but they found creative ways around yeah. it and I don't think architects do. I just don't think they do it. You know, I mean, I, I think, I think, so we're going to do a special on covers quite soon. Yeah. Right? We've not recorded this yet, but like one of, one of the th- whole things behind that covers thing, this is just an example, um, is we're doing covers which are really different from the original. Mm. And architects have kind of helped my argument out a little bit by just before this releasing that cover of Change in the House of Flies. Yeah. Which is the tempo slightly faster and they've used those horrible synthesized strings which are all over holy hell instead of Frank's sort of mm. DJ bits. And I think that is indicative of a band who don't, you know, I mean, some people are kind of like, oh, it's a perfect song, why change it? And I argue, well, if you think that, why cover it? Yeah, I like, mean, that's like, just, like I, do I something different, yeah. you know? And, and I, know, I know that cover has been, uh, it, like, some people really like it, some people, you know, some people who are big Architects fans see nothing in it. Um, so maybe that's a little bit of a harsh thing to point, but that's where I am coming from when it comes to this band. I don't see them pushing boundaries of any kind. I think the formula is extremely narrow and has stayed. Obviously, there are slight variations with the last four records, but I think for the most part, they have stayed within a very, very, very thin narrow formula and maybe that's just music i don't like because mm. um, i mean when you say that there are lots of metal bands who operate within that narrow uh, or, or lots of bands or lots, lots of metal bands well either really. either or you're probably right but those are probably the bands i don't like yeah no, <laughs> so so um but I oh, think I mean yeah I mean I was about to go look at AC and I, I don't like them. ACDC or Motorhead I don't like Motorhead don't like Motorhead no okay in fact those were the two examples that I put in my <clears throat> notes that like ACDC and Motorhead you know obviously they found a massive so um, the Ramones uh, to a point but not massively okay. I can I, I give me the first couple of records and then after that I'm bored All right. this is the thing so I think this is where. I go, you know what, I'm just not interested because they are not, you know, and, and like I say, ACDC, Motorhead, those are the two examples I was going to use, and I will stick to those because I don't think the Romanians is as good, as good an example, found massive, massive success sticking to a formula throughout their career. So to say that, like, it's not possible to do that would be trite and incorrect, but it's not for me, you know. 
the same thing happens when I listen to ACDC and Motorhead as what happens when I listen to Architects. And that's, I get bored after about 10 minutes. And after 10 minutes, like, so I was sat there watching their show, just kind of seeing a lot of people around me go absolutely crazy and just a little bemused as to why it was happening. Because I was just like, I don't feel anything at all. I don't feel happy. I don't feel sad. I don't feel pleasure. I don't feel pain. I just feel nothing. But the last, do you know the last time I felt that at an arena show? Smashing Pumpkins? Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, mate. Now, I am not saying they are as bad as Five Finger Death Punch, but I think they operate within similar narrow boundaries. And I think that that is a problem for me. Well, here's the thing. Well, I would counter that completely. Is that you can make three chords and the truth mm. sound good or not good mm. to, to someone's ear as much as you want. Mm. But the thing that architects have, and I think this is absolutely undeniable, particularly on the new record, which I've gone back and listened to a whole bunch of times, especially in the run up to this, and I haven't really stopped listening to since it came out. Um, and a lot of that might be my own personal circumstances again. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> but th- if you read those lyrics mm. and if you you can't take Ivan Moody's lyrics and performance and put them next to Dan Searle's lyrics and Sam Carter's performance I, 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 sh- I should I should say I am not saying Architects no no I don't are, think you are yeah yeah yeah, 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 I'm yeah. Not, I don't I'm think not, you are I think Architects are a better band than Five Finger Death Punch to be super clear mm. um in in most ways, <laughs> in almost every way, I'm just saying that that was the last time I was mm. watching an arena show, and I felt nothing. I mean, I I personally, I I genuinely can not think of many bands that have managed to. When listening to Holy Hell mm. on the in the run up to this, mm. one of the things that struck me the most was that it's everyone knows the circumstances around the record, everyone knows lyrically what it's referring to. But it's the many, many ways in which it deals with that. Not, even if you want to go, not necessarily sonically in terms of music they, they've written, mm-hmm. but for the lyrics that Dan has written, the honesty that he, he puts into it, and I think the kind of, the the feeling that Sam puts into it as well, the kind of, the, the way that those two have channeled grief mm. is really 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 like maybe unique is not because it's not unique in music to do that like you know obviously we all a skeleton tree or yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah, do you know yeah. what i mean but um but particularly in in the scene that they operate in that is a mixture that is a cocktail those two things that i don't think have been created before when you look at the sort of bands that they were or they are comparable to I think Parkway Drive on that last record have, have written some really fucking there's some really dark shit on, on Revenants yeah. um, which is you know the last uh, the last track on, on that album is I think is very very moving and I think Parkway are a band who probably take or have taken slightly more creative stylistic risks maybe than Architects mm-hmm. if you want to be mm-hmm like if you if you want to make that comparison but i think those two those two are the two for a reason but when you when you listen to any of architects peers it's very it's all you know it's fucking it's either macho or it's sort of empty 
and meaningless. Mm-hmm. And architects are not empty. Like the thing about them is, there's just so much. Like I don't know. I'm not going to try and convince you to go. No, no, no. Oh, they're great or whatever. But there's a level of heart and a level of um, of feeling, and there's a a, a deliberate. Uh, there's a way that they have managed to open themselves up. That's mm. uh, been there for a long time. You know, it was there on when Tom was in the band. It's you know, it's not a new thing. I don't I, think it's a new thing. And it's, it's I, I, and, I and that is that is like that almost means that. <laughs> For me, you know, if they do just go, we just want to write really fucking cool, modern, metallic, sort of technical, modern metal songs. If the songs are great, which to my mind, they they are, they write really, really fucking good songs. um, Yeah, they're not, you know, they're not Meshuggah. I don't think they're trying to be. But No. But they do. I just think their ambition's really small. I think that's it. And I think once you get to that level, I think that's a problem, like a big problem. And, and 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 everything you were saying about heart, I totally agree with. To mm. to be super clear, because I I don't certainly don't want to come across like totally uh, heartless. Yeah. You know, obviously, obvious. Yes, I, I I completely agree. And obviously, compared to an of mice and men or five finger death punch or whatever, what they are actually writing about is far more profound and far more interesting and far more lyrically. Um, uh, just far better than their peers there mm. i suppose i was asking more broadly in metal as a whole rather than just metalcore but um i i in metal as a whole is it, well yeah even so i mean but again like they're a band that are that sizable i mean mm. i would so we were talking about fever 333 last week and i mm. don't think lyrically there's anything on that record that is in the same stratosphere as anything on holy hell not even close not even close. I think, I mean, you're comparing a, a overtly political record with an overtly personal one, though, and I don't think that's a fair comparison. Well, I would, I would, then I would say All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, which is a record which is uh, has a much more interesting worldview, okay. I think. I mean, I would, I would, yeah, I don't think I'd agree with that. But I, I, I certainly think, I mean, comparing Jason and Sam, I don't think is you know going to get you that far to be honest because well i wouldn't a couple of weeks ago i might have agreed with you but i don't know if i do now i i think um yeah i don't i don't know i mean i think i think i think there is a um it's so taboo in the british music press to say anything bad against architects uh and um that is a problem that has been created is obviously through no fault of their own um but i think it is something that should be acknowledged and just isn't um privately we had a conversation where you know we found out that someone because because of my feelings on architects they were basically saying i was a bad journalist which is so ridiculous and so the complete opposite of what good journalism is good journalism uh, yeah, is about saying what you feel yeah, you're and quantifying to it. yeah and yeah, quantifying you why you feel that mm. which is exactly when it comes to architects that's all i've ever tried to do but i think um and i don't want to go on too much of a tangent and too much of a oh the british music press are useless blah 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 but i do think that is a problem where you know 
they are constantly lauded and what I was seeing at Wembley, I just didn't see where that comes from at Wembley. And I think you need to start asking questions about that kind of thing when... Mate, I mean, yeah, the thing is, it's quite hard for me to go, well, yeah, when I agree with so much of everything that sure. you've said about them, it's hard for me. And, sure. I, and I'm not, do you know what I mean? I'm not here to fucking give I'm you, not, like, I, to I'm pay not, anyone lip service or fucking give, like, just toe the line or anything like that. I'm not but saying I do, your opinion is insincere. No, 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 I know you're not. I'm saying that, I mean, I, I've had journalists have privately said to me that architects get a free pass. And that's not journalism. Mm. That's not what it is. And I don't you know? think the band would want that. I, I, I was going to say, actually, I don't know the band, but everything that I know about them <coughs> strikes me that that is actually the exact opposite of what they would want. Mm. Yeah, I do think they genuinely want to be judged on what people actually think about them and what actually people actually think about um, the music. And I don't think anything that I'm saying is like unfair. I, I, it, it's 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 an opinion that a lot of people clearly don't share, but I don't think it's none of it's born out of, you know, everything that you know about me and my tastes. You can yeah. probably see where I'm coming from with with those views. Um, oh, if you disagree, then, then little, do disagree. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I guess so because I. But then I. I don't know. I just always assume that you would like. Like when I, when you see like Motorhead and like ACDC, I was like, oh, 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 right, okay. And so maybe neither have ever done anything for me. Yeah, because 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 I find the focus so narrow, and I I when 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 you have the option to have a canvas the size of a wall, I don't understand why you'd paint on a poster stamp. I don't get it. I just I think sometimes when it. when you perf- when you perfect something so well. Sure. And I think, and if you're confident in going, we can just fucking, we can do this and we're so good and we, and we nail it and that's what, and that's where it comes. You know, if it's a, I mean, this, this Ramones, I don't think Angus Young wants to, he's fucking good at it. I don't think Lemmy wanted to do anything other than mm. go, this is what we believe in. Slayer are the same, you know, mm. Slayer, Slayer are Slayer. I suppose Slayer, Slayer probably is yeah. the one for and, me. And, 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 you know, and, and I think architects, I don't know. I mean, I think actually they, personally i think they've you know they, they've done more than all those other bands in terms of the way that they've changed and the way they've adapted and what they can actually do i think they, there is more breadth to them than those bands you're talking about yeah they're not neurosis do you know what i mean they're I think, not they're, i think whenever they step out of their comfort zone they fail and i oh, think that's a mate. problem i think here and now was you know them stepping out of their comfort zone it didn't work i think there are things on holy hell where they step out of their comfort zone and they don't work i think and i th- i think when you get a band that are at that level i think that is an issue mm. you know i think it's fine if you're doing forum or brixton or whatever but when you get to arenas it's a totally different ball game and i you know i wonder if they should really be there okay <laughs> Fine. All right. Well, I had a bloody brilliant time and I think it's uh, a gig for the ages, but ah, I suppose that's what makes this podcast interesting, isn't it? I thought if, it was five out of 10. If it, if it is interesting. Um, all right, let's do the trade-off. That was Architects at Wembley. That went all over the shop, didn't it? Um, you gave me We Walk Unbalanced by the Chronicles of Adam West. Yeah. Because of Batman. 
because of Batman. Yeah. Uh, I gave you It's Great When You're Straight by Black Grape. Yeah. Uh, which also mentions Batman. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I yeah, didn't, yeah. Uh, yes, I didn't get that reference. Which was an, now, yes. an accident, but it happened. Um, who wants to go first? Oh, fuck it. I want to talk about this band, The Chronicles of Adam West. Okay. Cool. Right, so... 2007, you gave me We Walk Unbalanced. Yep. Uh, the band are called The Chronicles of Adam uh, not, West. N- not in 2007, as in this EP is from 2007. We Walk Unbalanced, it's called. EP, I believe it's the only thing that they've got available for anyone to listen right. to. Yeah. Um, out on Holy Raw, back it in the day. Is the fourth ever release on Holy Raw? Wow, okay. Maybe cool. third? Yeah. It's early Holy Raw. So, right. Now. How many times do I mention the self-titled Burnt by the Sun EP that's six minutes long and it's four tracks and is basically the perfect piece of heavy music that is not worth anyone ever trying to recapture? A lot, lot, right? That's what this reminds me of. This is six... That's good. Yeah, it is really good. And particularly the last track on it, the name of which escapes me at the moment, literally steals the riff from You Will Move from Burnt by the Sun's EP. I listened to it. Not only did it remind me of it the whole way through... It suddenly went, and I was like, that is literally the same riff. Like, I ain't got a problem with that okay, because okay, it's a okay. fucking great riff. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if they've heard that song or not, but it doesn't matter because it's only like one little bit of it. But it's got exactly the same vibe as, um, as that. And when a band is unbelievably heavy, unbelievably intense, really, really technical, really, really, really fucking weird, uh, yeah, play for 15 minutes and then get the fuck out of yeah. town. Like, Five songs, 15 minutes. Yeah. It is about 15 Yeah, minutes, about 15 minutes, yeah. And, you know, some bands can do longer, like Napalm Death, you could like, have a 900-track Napalm Death record and I probably wouldn't get bored of it because they are that fucking good. Yeah. But not everyone's that good. And that's why these really, really heavy kind of grind and extreme metallic hardcore bands or like mathy hardcore bands... That's why I always feel like, unless they're the absolute dons, the absolute kings of their genre, those EPs are the best ones. I still like, as much as I love Arizona by Vane, the EP's still better for me. Like, mm. absolutely killer. What was that, like four, four, minutes. four and a half minutes yeah, long? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. So I really, really like this Renfrey, and cool. it reminded me of, yeah, of all the relapse stuff. That yeah. I listened to when I was 20. Yeah. Yeah. It's very um, calculating infinity, isn't it? Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, fine. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's you not know, a problem. Like, yeah, yeah. it's Jane Doe. It's mm. uh, Rock and Roll Killing Machine by Drowning Man. Mm. It's uh, Burnt by the Sun. I, it's I, I, The I was, Locust. It's got all the, yeah. the, the stuff you want to mention. I was somewhat surprised you hadn't heard it because I know you like this stuff so yeah. much. I had heard of them. You'd heard of them, okay. Yeah, okay. and for some reason, when I asked you last week if they were a ska band, which they're not a ska band. <laughs> they're definitely, they're definitely not, not a ska band. band. Um, but they are <laughs> bloody good. So what happened to great, them? They're aren't they? Don't know. Um, Alex Fitzpatrick would be the man to ask, I assume, head of Holy Raw Records. Alex, um, tweet us. Tweet us, Alex. Let um, us know what happened. I have no idea. And and I think, like again, uh, this seems to be a theme for me with giving you records. Just another one of those kind of, isn't it tragic that they didn't go on to do anything? Well, it, it kind of is. But I mean, the bit remind me of the, do you remember the Gilliam scene? Yes. Who I remember, I think they changed, they changed to become the murder of Rosa Luxemburg. Yes. Is that right? Yes. I think that they did, yeah. Right. Uh, but anyway, they were brilliant. Yeah. And they had an album, uh, an EP out on In at the Deep End, which is 
in at the deep end zero zero one, I believe, and it is fucking brilliant, right? right? And they were amazing live, absolutely amazing. Like another British band, Dead Life Portrait, who I yeah. mentioned a lot. Yeah. That four track Dead Life Portrait EP, yeah. the best British release, better than OK Computer, better than Sergeant Pepper's, <laughs> like fucking awesome. Like so many of these little British bands, and it, you could go, oh, it's so sad that they didn't go on to do. Da, 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 da. I actually think, no, nah, fuck it, that's my, that's mine. I suppose that's the difference between you and me, isn't it? I, but I, I guess, I guess. Um, I, I just I what I see is oh my god they were that good on their debut release not debut album debut release yeah yeah imagine what they could have if if um thing is I think Calculating Infinity is your favorite Dillinger record isn't it yes but 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 you accept that they expanded and progressed and so on and so I forth do. Like obviously yeah so when I think of, oh my god that's the first you know you compare this to the debut Dillinger EP uh, it's, it's a lot better. Well, nothing against the Dillinger EP, which, which is very good. Creating very a blueprint, different. yes, sure, sure, sure. But you know, it's so strong. I mean, I think I like this EP as much as I like Calculating Infinity. It's Fucking it's hell. half the length, but mm. I think in terms of how good it is and how well constructed for this genre of music and the weird path that it goes down. Yes, of course, they clearly listen to Dillinger and they are clearly doing their version of it. So Dillinger actually made the blueprint with, but I do think in terms of quality, I do think they're about the same. Um, As Calculating Infinity? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Rimfrey's lost the plot, everyone. Um, (laughs) I really like it. I fucking love this record. No, it's very good. I love it. It's it's good. Mm. It's really good. Okay, okay. It's not calculated. Oh, right, no, no, fine. It's definitely fine, not fine, calculated. Fine, fine. Um, but yeah, it's really good. But you really like it. I, I, I mean, obviously, I really like it. And by 2007, this shit was not being done, really, was it? Nope. No one gave a. F- no, no one wanted to do this. Nope. <laughs> uh, do you know where I first heard Chronicles of Adam West? Uh, don't know. On a Rock Sound CD. Can wow. you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They used I, to be a good magazine. They did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Cameron Edward. Uh, I've got a Rock Sound CD with bloody. Caving, Canute, and Poison a Well on it yeah, somewhere. They used to cover interesting music, but not anymore. Well, hey, that stuff's still interesting, right? No? Moving on. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, let's move on. Okay, so I gave you from the year of our Lord 1996, <laughs> the greatest year in the history of music. Yeah. I'm going to say it. The greatest year, not just because I left school when I went to Reading for the first time, that hasn't played any sort of part in that decision whatsoever. I honestly think 1996, it like, was the greatest year in the history of music. I genuinely believe that. I hate to shit on your prime. Isn't it 95, this record? No. Can't be. I thought it was 95. No, it can't. I'm going to, I'm going to Google it. Can you Google it while I while... say some stuff? So anyway, Black Grape, it's great when you're straight. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Renfrey, you had never heard this record nope. before. Nope. It Classic. is it is the um the uh the, the Sean the Ryder follow up to um the, like what he did after Happy Mondays. Yeah, so give me a little um so Happy Mondays split around ninety what, two, three? Yeah, early nineties. I don't really know exactly when they split. Um And then they got together with some uh rap artists. Yeah, Kermit. Kermit, that's it. Yeah. Um, and formed Black Grape, which is a kind of, I don't know, electronic, fu- lots of funk, uh, funk, electronica, rock thing, sprinkled with a bit of Brit pop. Mm. Is that accurate? Would yeah. You say? 
it did come out in 1995 fuck out right yeah. <laughs> shit the bed um, so yeah it did come out in 1995 but great intro all the same yeah. great intro so but well done. I saw them in 1996 so oh okay. and also I'm just looking at the Wikipedia could, we, page we put that on the Wikipedia we yeah. could put that on the Stephen Hill Wikipedia yeah. page the album was certified platinum in April 1996 I was going to mention that so it basically this album was a massive fucking hit fucking really quickly huge hit it was number one it was uh, in the UK charts. They headlined Reading in 1996, and I saw them at Reading in 1996. They headlined Reading on their first album. Now, bear in mind, I've what... ju- I've ju- my mouth was agape for yeah. the end that entire sentence. Wow. Okay. Now, bear in mind the sort of bands and the sort of thing that you have to do to headline Reading. Well, these days, there's a lot of cocks that you need to suck. These, these days, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not or... literally libel. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, probably. Li- yeah. <laughs> Let's We've all seen Post Malone, what he gets up to. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, I saw Bla- Black Grape. I didn't really have any kind of love for Happy Mondays, but Black Grape is great when you're straight. I'm, yeah, it just came out of nowhere. It was a massive hit. I remember hearing In the Name of the Father and thinking, that's good. And then Kelly's Heroes and then Reverend Black Grape. And I thought, mm-hmm. I might treat myself to this album because I thought in our price for a fiver, so I bought it. Mm-hmm. Back in those days, an album for a fiver. Five ninety nine. It's like gold dust. Wow. Okay. So Renfrey. Yes. What are you saying? Um. You fucker! <laughs> Can't believe this. I, I I I don't think I've ever put an album on and had less of an opinion one way or another. Are you fucking kidding? You don't have any opinion on this? I'm just like it's just sort of there, isn't it? Like. Well, it is just it is there. Yeah. <laughs> So and and it was kind. Of, I was kind of frustrated because I'm listening to it, going, I just, I mean, I don't particularly like it, but I don't hate it either. But it's just sort of that weird nineties. I mean, I'm not. It would it's be, it would be, it would be remiss. About? It would be remiss of me to say that this has been done before because actually I was kind of like, well, when has it, it hasn't done been done before? No, it probably hasn't, but and yet it sounds so similar to so many other things. That all probably came out after Black Grape. No, oh, actually, I don't Stone know. Stone Roses. It doesn't sound like the Stone Roses. Well, I don't Roses. think it sounds exactly like the Stone Roses, but I think there are parallels and similarities. Where? <laughs> Where? In the music What, well, are you mad? <laughs> no. The Stone Roses? You're comparing I, this to the Stone Roses? I'm not saying... You're like, I'm going to have a tremazzy party. And then you go... <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. It's like the Stone Roses at Notting Hill Carnival. That's what oh. it is. <laughs> like, oh. it's, 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 you know, it's. Oh, that's actually quite good. That would be my headline if I was right. But that sounds brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I've just gone, oh, because I know what you're trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But it does sound good. <laughs> It still um, sounds good. I mean, that sounds like oh, the worst day of my life. But but you know, I like I know I just I don't know. I'm just completely indifferent. You don't like this. little Bob? No, you not don't like shake your money, shake shake your money, shake your. It's shake money. your money. That's track nine, right? Yeah. Now, so this album is, I have to say, very samey. That's fair. No. Oh, Jesus, no, no, on. no. It's not fair at okay. all. This album, in my opinion, is very samey. There was, um, right at the beginning of Shake Your Maker, a lovely piano intro thing comes to, you know, I was like, oh, it's changing suddenly. And then 10 seconds later, it goes back to doing exactly what it's done at exactly the same tempo and exactly the same way for the previous eight tracks. It's, it's fine. I don't really get it 
It's fine. You're being a right cunt this week. No! It's, I'm, oh, there's more. I've got a lot more, to be honest. It's fine. I mean, it's Fucking all right. fine. This is a great... This is this is a great record. Got 10 out of 10 at Enemy. Good. 5 out of 5 in Select. Yes. 4 out of 5 in Q. Mm. 4 out of 5 in Guardian. Mm. 4 out of 5 at Select. Uh, okay. And... 5 out of 5 at... 100% in my house I think this is a brilliant record this is far better than anything the Happy Mondays ever did this right. is far better than anything any of those bloody baggy bands did this is the pinnacle better than uh, uh, fuck Jamie Lemon loves them um, uh, Madness Madness aren't a baggy band are baggy they? trousers mate baggy you can't they're not a bloody bag, just right, you put baggy right. in the word it doesn't mean you're a baggy band go on yeah, carry on. <laughs> Fucking stupid thing. You are so annoyed. Right, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah. Does that mean I'm trying to think of a band with maths in their title? Like a, someone with like who say something about maths and go, they're a math core band. I can't think of one. It doesn't matter. Um Mate, the first honestly, the first I would say the particularly the first four, Reverend Black Grape mm-hmm. is just an absolutely like a wicked kind of summer pop song in the name of the father has got this really like cool Indian like sitar which a lot yes. of people were doing in I the, noticed the Indian bit and it's got like I mean it, it's it's dance rock yep. with rap and all that Tramazzi Party as I, which I mentioned earlier is my favourite song it's fucking brilliant that's about because Tramazzi is a Tramazzi Party <laughs> Actually, I think your rendition of it is better than the original. Welcome to the Tremazzi party. Just sit down and close your eyes. What's the big? I got my booze on my head. It's full of rivers in the sun of bed. No one knows how big no said. Fucking quality. Wow, yeah. Big Dan and North is like... Big Dan and North is like a real sort of like almost shoegazy stonery like it sounds like the the wind you know it's a big day in the north which track sorry big day in the north uh, what number number six i mean i did not get shoegaze from any part of this record it is it's got like it's like swirling like wind that goes through it it's very very minimalist say it all sounds the same shake well before opening car. shake well before yeah. opening no i read about this this is when um he uh he had a coke a can of coke or something yeah and it went all over him and yeah yeah, yeah. i mean amazing things to think, think about <laughs> i mean that that's that's about what, so fucking what like it's that's a funny little song i don't think this is you know meant to be do you know what no, I mean? It's no, not, not okay. a computer, is it? It's no, not meant no, to be. No. But it doesn't have to be profound. No, it? no, it doesn't. It's Sean Ryder. It's like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's obviously going to be. But I, I would say, and also, um, this is when they went on um, TFI Friday and they did uh, Pretty Vacant, which you got in trouble for, didn't you? Oh, yes. Do you remember that? that? Yes, yes, yes. So, so for a little bit of content. Get, did he get his knackers out for that? I can't remember. No, no. What happened is he went on the week before and it was the live. trainers it was the and trainers it was live and he went if you don't swear Sean I'll give you my shoes and he went that's some fucking nice shoes nice oh, shoe oh, 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 I've got to don it hard and then <laughs> and then they invited him back the next week and they played Pretty Vacant live and he went we're so pretty fucking fucking pretty fucking vacant <laughs> and Chris cut to Chris Evans just with his head in his hand and that was when Tear by Friday wasn't allowed to be filmed live anymore that was oh, why. Of course it was. So that yes, happened. Yes. And they also did, if you get the, the the bonus 
version of this album. Right. Uh, it's got England's Irie on. Did you listen to England's Irie on the the extended play, which is the Euro no, the sorry. unofficial England Euro '96 song? Oh, I only I only I listened to the original. I, I figured you'd want me to listen to the original. I, I should have told you to listen to England's Irie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's I've, good as well. I've not heard that. Okay. That was the one. That Teddy, I remember Teddy Sheridan being interviewed during Euro '96, and they were going, "What do you think about Three Lines?" Because Three Lines was number one, and he went, "Oh, we all actually prefer England's Irie by Black Grape." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but twenty. However many years, twenty-two years later, no one was singing, singing that, were they? They were all singing, "It's coming home." <laughs> fucking basic twats. Have you? When was the last time you listened to this record? I listen to it all the time. Okay. I listen to it all the all the all the time, all the time. I um, have made a new table today, uh, right. like lists and charts and stuff, and this is number one in my albums that have dated the most from the nineties. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, not a compliment. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pitchshifter.com's got to be above it, surely. Mm, Pitchshifter.com is probably like number three or something like that. <laughs> I mean, what's number two? <laughs> I need to think. I, I literally made this table today. I'll come back next week what with a full table. What a weird table to make. <laughs> but yeah, go on. <laughs> um, I just, now, I love the 90s, mm. um, as do you. Yeah. But... Bit it is much. all the elements from the it's a bit too much and it's most of the elements from the 90s that i wasn't a mega fan of but but then actually that's not even true either because like i say i don't dislike this record i just don't really like it either it's just sort of there absolutely pathetic opinion <laughs> Abs- I like it like I'm I more like- annoyed about that than I am about architecture. I like it like I like the bricks that put my house up. I like the fact that they're there, but I don't really think about them all that much, yeah. and I don't really have a strong opinion on them one way or the other. Wow, this okay. album is like a brick. I would say here's something to put on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. A couple of years ago, on my mate Mark Smith Banksy, his birthday. We found out Black Grape were playing in the electric ballroom on oh. the night that we were going out for his birthday. So we bought tickets and we turned up and they had gone, this is exactly 20 years after they'd headlined Reading. Right. Right. So they'd gone from headlining Wembley, 20 years later they were playing the electric ballroom, which I would say was less than a third full. Oh my God. During the last song, Little Bob, I got on stage oh. and kissed Kermit and then stage dived onto my friend Michael Pellegrini uh, and knocked him over and everyone hated me. Everyone in the crowd, the, the, the 15 people that were watching them, Brilliant. were like, why is he doing that? I think that's more worthy of going on the Wikipedia page than uh, all the shit that's gone up on the Prince one. Well, you know, not really, because that's just a sort of funny little thing that happened, whereas the Prince one is a, that is a legitimate, proper fact. Oh, yes, good point. Um, <laughs> I th- Yes, if anyone could beat the record from last last week of quarter past six in the morning of getting that out of it. You could put on the Wikipedia, I do a really good impression of the bit where he goes, they're like, yeah, we're having a trimazipan party. That bit. <laughs> sure. I mean, you can put anything on Wikipedia these days, apparently. Um, but that, again, that is a fact. Go uh, listen to it. Yeah, I don't have a magic Fucking yeah. brilliant. Love I mean, this record. Yeah. yeah, sure. Anyway, you obviously don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> That's fine. I'm going to listen to it as soon as we finish. Oh, actually, well. sorry. No, I do want to talk about one more thing. Black Great Reformed. They did, yeah. Why? What was that about? <laughs> well. <laughs> 
why wouldn't why, they? why do any bands perform yeah exactly for um, the same reason um, as everyone else but it, but it didn't go well because because well no I've just told you no, exactly no, just, <laughs> I realise that we've just had the conversation 20 people at the right. electric ballroom yeah, which cool. holds about 800 people uh, <laughs> no that's unusual because usually when bands reform they're usually like four, five, six times more popular than they used to yeah, be and the, the reverse has happened in this so case, actually this is another thing when they did reform on, on the day when we bought the tickets we were like oh I wonder how they look now so we googled um uh, a video and it's like oh black grape live like from two three days before and it was them playing at a butlins in like swansea and there was again about 10 people there oh, um, that's when we went oh <laughs> 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 they were head- they brought keith allen and chris evans out on stage with them when they played Jesus. reading in 1996 yeah so you know time is a cunt is have what- you <laughs> <laughs> that's the episode title have you heard the third record third a little bit record? yeah right what do you think of it Adam? it's actually alright really yeah it's not as bad as you would think hmm. okay uh, I would have made well it might I be mean, as bad as I you mean. think <laughs> <laughs> okay cool. um, anyway it's good I want everyone to someone fucking stick up for this record by all means uh, well there's only me and you here Steve so I don't know why you're looking around to other people we could do a poll if you want um, no, no I mean the, the poll will be is this the most 90s record you've ever heard in your entire life? And everyone will say yes. I fucking hate this. <laughs> fucking bunch of pricks. Oh, Christ. Okay. Oh, I'll tell you what. I think we did a poll this week, which might cheer you up slightly. Do you know about this? Well, the Fever 333 one. Fever 333 one. not cheering me up, because I don't care either way about that. I care about being able to call rocks stone, and I want people to like Black Grape. That's all I want, right? And I can't have Oh, either. that's all you want. You want a lot more than that. Yeah, a little Believe bit Believe me. Um, anyway, okay, fine. Next week, Renfrey, I'm going to... That's... Uh, it's great when you're straight. Yeah, by Black Grape. Yeah. I'm going to give you next week. I don't know if you've heard this from Lucerne, Switzerland, by Favez. Do you know that record? No. Okay, good. A, bit, a little bit more sensible than uh, the previous. I nearly gave you Mark Owen's album. But <laughs> I thought that was a ridiculous thing. Oh, to do. not two in a row. No. Um, you like Misery, don't you, Steve? What the, the concept? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you. Got no choice, really. I'm just... <laughs> Stuck with it. <laughs> I'm going to give you uh, a patient man by Cult Leader. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've I've heard that I should listen to them, so You've, that's good. Yes. All right, wicked. Okay, so I'm going to do Cult Leader, Patient Man next week, and you're going to do from Lausanne. I think that's how you say Lausanne, Lausanne, Switzerland by Favez, Favez. who are from Switzerland. Switzerland. Uh, so that'll be like every other week. I'm giving you a Swiss band. Oh, maybe Kruger, didn't I? Kruger, Batman, yeah, Black Grape. What is it with Favis. you and the Swiss, eh? Well, we'll fucking talk about it. Good next chocolate week. thing. Yeah, wow, good music as well. Spoiler alert. Good Let's do chocolate. our first album. It comes from Puppy. The album is called The Goat. It is the debut album from the London-based alt rock trio. If alt rock is really the word for Puppy, now this comes with, I guess you'd say, a fair amount of. Um, not hype. I don't want to use the word hype because I don't think that's fair. But oh, I but, use the word hype in my in my notes. But yes, fine. Um, what well, would you say? I'd say anticipation. Yes, anticipation is probably a better word. Actually, yeah, fair play. Because I don't think they've been hugely hyped. No, I think a lot of people that have seen them really like them. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure that's hype. I think they're just a band who have slowly crept up on people's radar by releasing a couple of really good EPs some really funny videos and just being very good live and getting yes. progressively better live so anticipation's mean, a better word definitely. Yeah. Yeah. so it means yeah. you know this is no, by no mean you know the most excited the world is for an album no. but 
should they be excited to hear this new album by Puppy Renfrey? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> broadly, broadly, yes, with one or two minor caveats. Ooh. Um, but broadly, absolutely yes. Mm. Uh, I really like Puppy. I think they're great. I love their EPs. Um, yeah. I think they're fantastic, fantastic. Um, Puppy, for those who don't know, the kind of um, metallic riffs, but with those kind of wonderful Weezer-esque um, pop hooks. Um, a really good example of a puppy song that isn't by puppy but actually is by Weezer. <laughs> it's <laughs> God fire me. Uh, is um, the world has turned and left me here. The third track on Blue Album. The reason uh-huh. I say that is because it has really heavy guitars, but the melody, Rivers mm. vocal melody, is so poppy over the top. Yeah, I got there in the end. I sound went a long way around, but I got there. Um, Puppy are really great. I really love what they do. Um, this album has been, as you say, a long time coming. Definitely. And I think it's kind of... I was looking forward to it so much. And this isn't super professional of me, but I wonder if me... But I feel like I should mention it. I wonder if me looking forward to it so much has ever so slightly tempered my enthusiasm for it. Because maybe... Oh, and I mean, I'm going to just stress ever so slightly because I yeah. overall I really like it. Okay. I don't really want to do the problems first, but that's where I'm going. Um, oh God, do you have to do? Is that what we have straight away? Okay, cool. Well, I'm feeling like a miserable cunt, so. Um, so I would say that I think, I think, I think this album is chock full of very good songs. Mm-hmm. One of the songs, uh, and I imagine, I'm assuming this is a Spine Farm slash Universal, um, uh, who are their label um, decision rather than a band decision. But one of the, the the one song that is left over from the EPs is Entombed, which is, yep. I think both of us would agree, an absolute fucking banger. Absolute rager. Uh, yeah. Absolute rager. And it's great. Yep. Um, often either opens or closes their shows. And mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. I think... Entombed and Arabella are the two best songs Puppy have ever written, and I wanted to be able to say differently after hearing this record. And personally, I don't think I can. I think you feel differently because I've read your review of Metal Hammer. Um, but <laughs> but but yeah, um, I'll just shut up then. Everyone, just go and read that. <laughs> but um, but I feel that they have written like 10 to 11 very good songs but they haven't reached the best that they have done in the past ah no, is that's... that i don't i mean i, I mean Ar- okay i think it's different okay arabella is a fucking great song oh, you're quite right you're quite my right favorite puppy it's, song. it's a fucking brilliant yeah. song and yeah. that leans much m- much more heavily on the texas the reason sunday real estate Pixies, Weezer. Mm, that might be why I like it. Nada so Surf, yeah, yeah, yeah. bit of yeah. Puppy. Yeah. Puppy are always a, f- a funny band because they're a band who don't really fit, who kind of fall between the cracks. They started off, they were playing lots of indie bills and it kind of felt like they weren't really getting anywhere. Wasn't and I right know that, them, yeah, and I know that they're not uh, huge fans of playing with those sort of bands. I mm-hmm. think they wanted to be more of a seen as a rock band, yeah. even though I know that they obviously I mean you guys have to listen to their music to see how much they like you know alternative rock and yeah. indie music it's and very blah, blah, blah. Uh, one of the great one of the things that makes them a great band is it's really obvious that they're pulling from lots of different yeah, places like that is a that is yeah. a you know dynamics of two different things but, but 
So Arabella being one that I think that would sit much earlier in the early part of their career. At this point, they're on Spine Farm, as you mentioned before. Um, they played Bloodstock, they played Download a couple of times. Like yeah. they are very much entrenched in. You know, I've interviewed Jock a whole bunch of times with Melham. I can't even remember yeah. how many times yeah. now, which is surprising when you look at them and when you listen to them and when yeah. you think of the stuff that that doesn't get in Melham or the fact that Puppy do is. You know, you mm-hmm. think, wow, that's, they're obviously very good. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to cross over like that, that's a very impressive thing for them to be, to have been able to have crossed over like that and, be, and seemingly been sort of accepted mm-hmm. so readily. Like, you know, they did really well. For the most part. Really well, yeah, yeah really well at Bloodstock. I was pretty surprised. Yeah. Like, um, I was. But I shouldn't have been, really, because everyone at Bloodstock's really nice. Um, but... For me, this record is them just tweaking up the rock a bit more. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, just just making it more clear that they are kind of predominantly, not completely, but predominantly a rock band. I mean, yeah. when you look listen to a song like Vengeance, yes. that's got some fucking, ra- you know, like Jock is a great, great guitar player you yeah. know like that rivers cuomo thing that he had before but and, and rivers does this as well rivers you know in weezer wears a flying v and he always talks about how he wants to rock out and stuff and i think jock's got a bit of that on him as well yeah, where you know he's living out his eddie van halen randy rhodes fantasies on this record you mm-hmm. know there's a song um nightwalker i think could have been taken from an early ghost uh like it's, it oh. sounds like early ghost to me i was going to say i mean i've already made this reference but i think nightwalker could be on the blue album by Weezer, That's which, weird. which is a massive compliment. Yeah, you know, and the the um, he does the same Rivers thing as um, the guitar solo is basically the vocal hook and stuff like that. Yeah. Nightwalkers is definitely one of the best songs. On yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably, wicked, and it's but it's got that kind of. Yeah, it's funny you think of it like that because I think of it very much as. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. actually, no, I, I see where you're coming from, but yeah. I think it's got that kind of old school melodic rock thing to it mm. uh, and it's just a, a kind of cool sense of foreboding darkness that they didn't have before sure. uh, throughout this record and I think that's cool I think the best track that they've ever done is is Demons the last mm. track on this record mm. I think that is fucking brilliant that song I like that it a lot a wicked wicked song I like it a lot and I'm really glad they've been quite clever in that these, this, uh, the singles on this album are scattered all through it so yeah. Demons was a single and it's the it final was, yeah. song and Black Hole is the opening song, another great song. And then uh, Tombs and, right in the middle. And then Tombs in the middle. So th- that's that's a really smart thing to do, and I'm sure that's on purpose. Um, and um, yeah, I, 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 I like Demons. Uh, I, I don't like it as much as Entombed or Arabella. I, 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 when I got this record, when I saw Entombed was on it, in the playlist that I have for it, I actually ended up taking Entombed off because I'm like, well... I'm so familiar with that song. I want to become more familiar with these songs first because I don't want to give Entombed sort of like mm. a, um, you know, a, a massive forward start in a sense. Not that, you're, yeah. you know, you know, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I yeah, just want no, to yeah. become more familiar with the songs I didn't know. So the first yeah, six weeks I listened to this record, I did. I listened to it without Entombed. Right. And I've just put Entombed back in and every time Entombed comes in, it just lifts me a little bit more. And, right, and okay. for me, that's just the reason why I think Entombed's a better song mm. um but that said i mean I'm, i should say like this album comes roaring out of the tracks i think the first four or five tracks oh, are all great yeah first um, half of the record is brilliant. first half is brilliant i think the first half is so much fun and i have to say actually i'm surprised that you're saying that you, you, in tune will give you a head start because one of the albums and actually 
I think um, the, the Creeper album had this a little bit as well, where I compared it to um, uh, everything... No, fucking hell. Ideas Above Our Station, sorry, not everything. Yeah. Ideas Above Our Station by 100 yeah. Reasons. Now, by yeah. the time that album finally came out... Yeah, um, we knew half of it already. Everybody knew all the songs, yeah. do you know what I mean? And yeah. I've seen Puppy that many times, and they've been playing a load of these songs, that I listened to it and I was like, oh, I remember that one from yeah, live. Yeah. I remember that one for yeah. live. And actually, I think that's quite that's quite cool when you get an album first of all and you go oh great I've been looking forward to hearing this one on yeah, record I agree so, yeah. I agree I, I recognised most of the record from having seen them live quite quite a bit over yeah, the last yeah, year yeah, yeah. two years um, I think yeah and I think the first half of the record is very very good I, and maybe I, I do feel that the the issue for me is is very personal. It's my own expectations. Right. I, I feel I feel it is the weight of expectations and the fact that this record has been delayed multiple times and and it took so long for it to come out. Um, but I also acknowledge that objectively, that's an un, totally unfair way to sort of view it. So mm. I think it is a really very good record. Um, I believe you gave it an 8 out of 10 in Metal Hammer. I did, yeah. I stand by it. I would give it 8 as well. I'd give it a low 8, but mm. I'd give it 8 out of 10. Yeah. I, I think I I think I wanted a 9, I think is, is, is it's quite big. It's a, a debut... It's a lot to ask. A debut album getting 9 is a lot to it's ask. It's a lot to ask, but the anticipation um, and seeing them, though, that, those early shows, it was kind of like... Ah, oh, this could be a band who released a nine first time round. Yeah, and then when you get that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say, and I feel a bit shitty saying that because I feel like I'm putting a downer on what is actually a very good record. Which yeah, I eight think, out of ten, fucking yeah, great. Which I think score. everyone should listen to, and it is great. And and whilst I wouldn't say that anything they're doing is particularly original, what I will say is there is no other band who sounds quite like Puppy. It's the, again, it's the prism with which it's the filter with which they put everything through. Exactly. I don't think I know any bands who um, use Eddie Van Halen guitar riffs mm. and yet still remind me of. Texas is the reason. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. is that is not a thing. Yeah, like it's just not. And um, and yeah, and I, I think they kind of they it, it's it's really really well produced. It's yep. expertly um, sequ- sequenced, as you mentioned earlier. Yes. I, I think, think the really first good. half is better than the second. I, I think I do think the first half is better than the second half. Yeah. But then I do think it ends on demons, which well. is a fucking absolute rage. Last two tracks are fucking. Yeah, great. handlebars is great as well. So it, it's yeah. it's good. I mean, you know, yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah. It's twelve tracks. I would say nine of them are are good. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Nine yeah. to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Nine to ten are, are good, and in amongst that ten. There are four or five absolute fucking all-time that you go. Well, that ain't ever leaving their set. Four mm. albums down the line. I, I don't ever. Black Hole, Vengeance, Demons, Entombed. There's four straight away off this record where you just go. Never take them out of your set ever. Mm. 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 Depends what they're going to do, I guess. It does depend. <laughs> what they go, it does depend what they're going to do. But all I'm saying is, if they carry on, if they carry on going down the road of writing songs like Vengeance, mm, mm. I think they're just going to be a really, really fucking brilliant rock band. I mean, they might not be as kind of weird and esoteric and as unpigeonholable, if that's a word, uh, that they <laughs> are no. now forever. Mm. But mm. They, to me, this is a record that just proves how fucking good at writing songs they are. Yeah, I agree. I wonder, uh, as you've been saying that, I think the thing that you were saying about them turning the rock up a little bit, I wonder if that's maybe where the sense of, and I want to emphasise, slight 
disappointment comes from in that it isn't as expansive as the first two EPs would have led us to believe. And I guess they've turned that rock thing up because they've gone, nope, this is what we are. Mm. And I guess on the second record, if they can... I don't want them to dial it down, but I just want... I would love to see them go into those other areas that I know they can do really well as well. Because I do think that sonically throughout this record stays in a relatively similar place. There isn't... Let's put it this way. I'm not saying there needed to be, but there isn't a quote-unquote ballad on this record like arabella for example now i'm not saying that there must there must be a ballad on it but i would have liked it to have gone to a few different places sonically and for the most part it's relatively the same sonically throughout yeah i suppose that is so that's 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 just my kind of what i would do for album number two is explore those avenues a little bit more. Mm. This, however, is a great debut album. It's, good, yeah, it's, it's a very, really very good, good debut record. So there you go. Yeah. So that is The Goat by Puppy, uh, which is out right now, and you should definitely, definitely listen to it. Now, oh, you don't like Puppy, you don't like Black Grape, you don't like Architects. I do like Puppy. Lord only knows what Renfrey's going to say about King 810. I do uh, like Puppy. <laughs> yeah, the rest I'll give you, but Puppy I like so, very much. King 810, Suicide Kings um or so it's a king singular i should say mm. the third album from the flint michigan thugs uh <laughs> whatever they are um band now uh king 810 renfrey are a very very um uniquely divisive div- I don't even know if they are divisive I think they're just disliked bands they're one of the most disliked bands of this j- decade I think yeah. I think when you think of what people slag off mm. yeah. uh, King 810 are up there or King 810 are up there with Baby Metal surely King 810 I think, it's King, I think it's King 810 and therein lies the problem yep, yes go that's on. the biggest problem they have um, so <laughs> They seem to be a band that people just love to fucking hate. Mm. Now, we've spoken a little bit before regarding the reasons why that might be. Mm. Namely, when their debut album, Memoirs of a Murderer, came out, they were plastered all over all of the magazines. I remember they were straight on the kind of A-list playlist when I was doing Team Rock Radio. And... The press campaign for the, that first record was insane. The press campaign was insane. They got on the comparisons, corn. comparisons to Slipknot, which is never a good idea. Yeah, yeah. They were compared with Slipknot. They were put on tour with Corn and Slipknot. Of course, they were. Uh, they were given um, some pretty sizable slots at festivals like Download Festival, which they didn't even turn up for. No, um, they didn't. What, what was the reason for that? Was it visa were, issues? Yeah, you had a gun or something. You know, I got that gun, and yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah. Memoirs of a Murderer came out and the the population at large went, no. There was a, the, I think the other issue with Memoirs of a Murderer, to be fair, was they those poetry tracks. Yeah. Now, <laughs> listening back to that record, uh, I don't think it's crap by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it's completely without any sort of merit at all. And I think it was, there are bits in it where I go like, fair play for you for trying to do something a little bit different. Uh-huh. But for the most part, I, I'm not massively into it, I have to say. Yes. And I was not alone in in, yeah. in feeling like that. Uh, I, say I think it's pretty dreadful. Right, okay, right. fair enough. And Not dreadful, pretty dreadful. Right, okay. And, and I think, you know, 
they ultimately, I feel like King 810 have kind of changed the the way that the press operate around bands now because mm. you just don't really get that anymore. I think people got burnt. Like I think everyone went, oh shit, wow, we can't we can't just sell you what we want to sell you anymore. Like you literally can turn around and go, nah, fuck off. And that didn't used to happen so much. Mm, um, yeah, but anyway, point. and and it was it was something which uh, which sort of carried on to the second record, which is La Petite Mort, a conversation with God, or a conversation, with or God. a conversation with God, which I actually think is really good. I think it's better than the first. But it's definitely better than the first. <laughs> Undoubtedly, it's better than the yeah, first. I definitely. Think I was massively first. surprised by how good it was mm. and how kind of different it was. But it was never, there was never any sort of suggestion that they were ever going to get um, the same breaks as they got first time or anywhere near no. the amount of breaks that they got the first time. There was never any suggestion that people were going to go and give them a second chance. It just it mm. has not happened for mm. them. Mm. So bearing that in mind and the fact that the last few times that they've come over, they've come over sans guitarist. Uh, yes. They appear to have, well, left their record label. Um, yes, this is self-release. So this is a self-released album. Um, Which I, I have to ask, is is that through choice or I have through, no idea. Well, I mean, we don't know, but don't is know. that through choice or is that because they were forced to? We have no idea. But they're a band who are in... Kind of, I guess, what I'm saying is from the outside looking in, this album needs to do something for them because they're starting to look like they're going to be just remembered as the butt of a joke or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Renfrey. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about Suicide King. Would okay. you like to start? Uh, okay. Um, what do so you make of this? It has to, yes, it has to do all of those things. Shall I just answer that question bluntly? Will it do that? Yeah, of course. No, because it's far too confused and confuddled a record to do that um we were talking i can't remember if we talked about this privately or on mic but you said that it's a record very much of two halves mm -hmm. and i completely agree with that yeah. um but not for the not for exactly the same reasons which we'll get into um i think i think the thing that a lot of people took against with king 810 and 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 me included i have to say is this sort of po-faced sincerity with which they kind of present themselves and present their ideas and then when you get to the nub of it um i certainly think lyrically there isn't all that much um there isn't all that much substance so i found something quite have you have you seen the video for their first the first song from this record um heartbroken heartbeats heartbeats I haven't. No, it's a super eight. It's super eight footage of a man in the cabin. Uh, a man in a cabin in the woods who gets um, uh, drugged by this strange demonic kind of figure, who then utters the album's first words, which are really weird. Um, how can we give them something new that's serious but entertaining too? And then the video goes on to depict a bunch of people pissing on graves. And this was kind of described in the press notes as like this really haunting, unsettling teaser video. 
And to me, it's kind of more American Pie than Gaspar Noé. It's laughable. <laughs> Mm. And I don't really, they are going for this thing and going for this kind of like, look, we're really super serious. But then they seem to fuck it up by it either being so bad it's laughable or just in some way, just, just you, you end up laughing at them, you know, which I don't think is what they're trying to achieve at all, unless this is the biggest troll Unless King 810 are just this massive, massive troll band, which sometimes oh. I do wonder about. <laughs> because some of the shit that they do, I'm like, really? Wow, that's an interesting artistic decision. Mm. Um, I think another thing that people around, like in their team, and they've accused people of is like, people like us, people like me, um, sort of um, people who've grown up in relatively privileged backgrounds compared to someone who's grown up with gun crime in flint michigan or whatever and you know flint michigan sounds like a fucking torrid place to live and i would not want to live there the uh the 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 county whatever you would call it poisoned their own water supply that sounds like a shitty place to live yeah but people like me supposedly laugh at this because they feel uncomfortable i'd like to make it really clear that the only reason why i ever laugh at king 810 is because of the sheer shitness of david gunn's lyrics and his delivery um and what's sad about it is musically underneath what David Gunn's doing. Uh, just the fact he's called David Gunn makes me go, is this all an elaborate joke? But what underneath what David Gunn's doing, there's some minorly interesting white zombie-esque electronics mixed with guitar stuff going on sometimes. A song like Vendetta's from the last record, mm. musically, is fucking brilliant. But well, this is the thing. I think that the last record did have a lot musically that was great about it. But it's kind of ruined by David Gunn. I think actually, all, all yeah, yeah. I mean, I think actually the last record, uh, I think he just about got through it without it being fucking. I think there are there are bits on the first one where I'm like, oh mate, no, I don't believe you. Whereas on the second one, because it wasn't. It was intense in, in 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 a variety of ways. It was always intense, and he does go on about bloody guns all the time. But I hadn't yeah. quite got like I was like, okay, I'm going to take it for you know you are writing about your lived experience. Whatever. You try to give him the benefit of the doubt, yeah. So you try and give yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. On this one, the first like when he's still going about guns oh, at that yeah. point, I'm like, mate, I think it's a parody you've of exhausted itself, isn't it? this. Yeah now i think if we sat down, maybe this is a good idea for a special if we sat down with um a bunch of shots and did a shot every single time he mentioned gun or a variant variants on guns yeah we'd probably be dead in about 20 minutes yeah it's ridiculous i mean as an artist i i, I appreciate that that must be a big thing going on in your life but then at the same time as an artist don't you want to write about something else? Like, I, I, yeah. I, I find it insane. I mean, it feels weird because, you know, like, how many songs have ACDC written about rock and roll? How many songs have anyone written about love? Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if everyone's songs are about Love's love. Love's a far more interesting subject than guns. Yeah, it is. You're right, it is. But then I guess, <laughs> like, if you don't have anyone who loves you and you don't know anything about it and you do know about guns, then that's what you've got, isn't it? <laughs> like, are, you, are you saying no one loves David Gunn? Well, I'm saying it doesn't appear to, no. I mean, no. he's not very happy, is he? He's clearly, like, very, very, very unhappy. Yes. Um, I find it quite just annoying that the first half, I mean, the first half of this record is like, there's a song called Bang Guns where he's going bang, bang, guns, guns, bang, bang. And like if you said, like you said, the last record, Vendetta, with that kind of white zombie, that's where, and they had loads of actual kind of, you know, 
public enemy style hip hop like influence in there as well yeah. I was like yeah. great that's musically yeah. like even musically. you can drown him out if you're not liking it there yeah. are other things to look at musically this, sometimes it's really <laughs> interesting sometimes it's really yeah. interesting whereas on this the first half of it I was like you're just doing corn on untouchables yeah like, yeah. like corn b-sides and it's crap I mean yeah. the first half of this record it's crap. It's fucking crap. It's the worst thing they've done. It's awful. Um, that Bang Bang song, song, Bang Guns Boy, Bang Bang Guns Boy. I mean, that's the You chorus. sound like Little Wayne. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Fucking... And then there's a really troubling line where he says, I only touch hands with boys whose hands squeeze guns. It's like, what are you trying to do? It doesn't David? mean anything to me. It's fucking. Well, <sighs> it's, it's, it's. No. Just, it's laughable. It yeah. is laughably bad. It's, but then, it's, to me, what's frustrating about it? this record yeah is that the second half of it when they go into stuff like wade in the water mm-hmm. and when they go into stuff like black rifle which is mm-hmm. almost sounds like everlast mm-hmm. and the last track on it seeing me to sleep which is got this black sort of 80s synth like blade runner stroke black queen influence to it mm-hmm. he doesn't annoy me then i agree with you up to a point um King 810 have a habit of releasing, of making one song every record where I go, that's good. Yeah. Do that. Um, again, I've read your Metal Hammer review, so I know it's different for both of us. Yeah. But mine is, you did mention it there, I think Wade in the Water yeah. is a fucking brilliant song. Yeah. And it's got big old female, like, kind of wailing yep. backing vocals. It sounds like sort of Pink Floyd, a great gig in the sky. Like, it's, it's more trip hop than anything. And yeah, and it's got this trip hop influence it's, in it. It's very Porter's Head slash Cinematic Orchestra. Yeah. Um, and it is actually really good. And he's not talking about guns for once. It is about the water, the water crisis in Flint, Michigan. And it's like. And I, I completely agree with, with you in that the most annoying thing for me with this band is they have proved occasionally that they are capable of greatness. Mm. But for me, they do it so fleetingly, I wonder if it's a case of throwing a lot of things at the wall and sometimes something sticks. And when it does stick, it's really good. Again, I would point back to, I think Vendetta's on the last record is really yeah. good. I think Wade in the There's Water on this record is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'll go with you with the last song as well. Um, Do I'm, you not like Black Rifle? I, that kind I, of everlast, like, country <sighs> outlaw he's, thing? So he's going for the Tom Waits <clears throat> thing, right? Yeah. It's kind of his version of the Wire, Tom Waits' his version of the Wire um, what the fuck is that song theme called? Tune. Theme tune. But yeah, you're, I'm sure people will know. Yeah. Um, it is mainly, once again, it's mainly him shooting himself in the foot. Hey. Eh? <laughs> uh, with his just absolutely fucking awful lyrics and couplets. Um, got my black rifle, my baby and my Bible. I've been drug stealing and woman stealing. No, sorry. I've been drug dealing and woman stealing. But I mean, when and you just read go, it, oh, when, shut up. Yeah, but... I think his delivery is awful as well. I, I think it's awful. It's in the context of that song, which is sounds like it's meant to be a kind of honky-tonk piano, grizzled old, like, Western thing, I think I, I can chalk that up to almost like playing a character. Like, I, I can. On that song, I can. I because think, it sounds like... Do you know what I mean? You like Well, like Everlast. I know Everlast never really... He didn't wear a character, yeah. did he? But I, like, think, I think Tom Waits would do it better. Oh, God, <laughs> fucking hell. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, I, I, th- again, this was something that I was like, why are people... If you compare it to Nick Cave and Tom Waits and stuff, yeah. which is something that they're doing, it's like, what's the fucking but point of doing they bring up that? those references as well. Yeah, I think okay. that's an issue. But no, I think that's but the problem. They don't make metal music. Like, there's no metal bands that are doing that. They're a metal band and they exist in the scene where they're supporting Korn and Slipknot. But there is no point fucking them. They are, they are not Tom Waits. They are not Nick Cave. But they can be influenced by it in many ways. Partway Driver, another band. I think Winston's clearly very interested, like... Um, influenced by um nick cave on the latter part of of, um, reverence i think that's and he does it well i think but that comes down to why this record is not going to hit with people and why king yeah, of one haven't hit of with people but in the i past. kind of I, I would rather you took a, a a risk and explored your love of tom waits and everlast and nick cave and all these other things mm. than you just went and did 10 songs that sound like fucking life is peachy with you going, I shot a bloke, he's dead, I shot him, he's dead, I shot a man, man be dead. <laughs> so a bunch of fucking people in ice hockey shirts can like push each other around while drinking monster energy drink. Like at but least they've got a little bit of ambition. And and as well, I have to say, I'm not sure I don't know how well this album has been received or reviewed to you know, like it's not come out yet. But I have to say, there is a, a bit of when people have sort of who have I've heard it have kind of <laughs> that it, like there is a little tender. There, there is a bit of people I think that are review, reviewing um, the personalities rather than the music. They're reviewing their own expectations. There is nothing in the in the second half of this record that. Well, okay, the, mm. those three songs that I talk about: Black Rifle, Wade in the Water, Sing Me to Sleep. As bad as they are, they are not as bad as Inglewood. They are nowhere near as bad as Inglewood. I think Black Rifle's a lot worse than Inglewood. Not a fucking chance. Inglewood sounds like S Club Seven. I mean, right? I don't, I don't know why. I don't think this band have anything to do with Fever Three Three Three. So I don't. Think no, that's... no, I don't. But I just think that like people will go, oh, that's kind of an interesting decision for Three 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 to do this like sort of pop, and they'll they'll make excuses for that song. Whereas King Eight One Zero, there is no excuses for them. It's like no, they're shit. That's it. It's been done. It has been decreed. A bit like what you were saying earlier about Architects, mm. like you feel that people just have a thing and then they tow this line. And I think people have already made their mind up that, huh, look at them trying to be like Tom Waits. It's like, well, I'd rather they tried to be like Tom Waits and ended up doing something slightly more interesting than the rest of their record than, than not. I think, and, and, and I don't think that's a stick to beat them with, especially when there are examples of bands who are quote unquote, stepping out of their comfort zone that are much more, you know, media media friendly that are much more media darlings mm. who are doing stuff that is, that is nowhere near as good as a song like Wade in the Water or Sing Me to Sleep and they're getting praise for doing something brave and innovative that's not really brave and innovative and King Eight when they were getting kind of laughed at I look at them idiots trying to be different oh you're just a stupid band who talk about guns so I don't think people are giving I, I think the days of giving them a fair crack are gone oh yeah 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 and I think that's a shame. I do and I don't. I think they've built that own rod for their own backs. And I, th- I think the reason why do that, why people do that with King 810 is you're talking about personality. David Gunn's personality is so all over this record. And that's the yeah. main problem with it. Yeah. Um, I think the Tom Waits comparison thing, it's, it's kind of just because you listen to a i i understand exactly what you're saying about bands being more ambitious and and for the most part i absolutely agree uh and i definitely would rather 
that the second half of this album is what it is rather than a copy of the first half of the record, which would by far make it the worst album of the year. But I think just because you've like heard Tom Waits and Nick Cave, it doesn't mean you can do it well. And I think, I think um, the Black Rifle song is a good example of that. And in order, when you have music that stripped back, the lyrics have to be good. Yeah, that's true. They have to be good. Yeah. And David Gunn seems to think that he's some kind of poet laureate, but yeah, he he's does. so... I mean, he's he is clawfinger levels of bad at times. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I think it's him... What makes it all so laughable is he puts his, himself in this position where no one would put themselves in that position unless they thought that what they were saying was really profound and amazing. Like, mix-wise, you know, and they mix this record, so we can only blame them for this. He is so front and centre and everything. Yeah, he really this is, This is yeah. the thing. You, you, Even if you wanted to try and ignore, try and zone him out, you can't with this record. Mm. It's fucking impossible because he is right there. He is centrally right there because he thinks that what he has to say is really profound and really intelligent. And it's just not. Mm. Um, and I think the closest it gets to that is the... Um, Wade in the Water. Wade in the Water. I, I do, do genuinely... I listen to Wade in the Water... But this is the thing. Rather than me going, brilliant, a great song, I go, why can't you do this all the... Not, not, I mean, I don't want them to do that sonically all the time, <coughs> but the fact that they're capable of doing that yeah. just frustrates me. Weird band. Fucking weird band. Weird band. I mean, so, you know... Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really, really don't like the album at all, I have to say. I think it's really quite poor. But I understand exactly, and I... Can, I... I fair enough what you're saying about bands trying something different yeah i mean i think that actually you know half of it is interesting and definitely half, half of it half is half interesting of it is, half it is rubbish and half it is interesting and some of the interesting stuff is really very good it it's, is just like i i mean particularly when you're talking about black rifle i listen to that like listening to somebody playing a character like I, mm. I was listening to it in the same way as you listen to Johnny Cash. Now, again, I'm not comparing him to Johnny Cash. I'm not mm. going to compare him and say like, oh, he's like Nick Cave or he's like this or he's like that. But I listen to it in that way and I think you get more enjoyment out of listening to it that way. I like th- you, I- it's very, very difficult to try and listen to him as a character when he's, when it's all over some clunky new metal riffs. I think I'd be, I think it'd be much easier for me to listen to him as a character if he had written other songs that had good lyrics. Yeah. So that <laughs> yeah. I knew that he was doing that as a choice, but because every other song that he's ever written has had God awful lyrics, some of the worst in metal. And that is quite a thing to say because yeah, really metal's is. not, known for having great lyrics um i think i don't have the faith that that is a choice i think i go you're not playing character there are you you're just rubbish so that's but yes but anyway suicide king by king 810 is out now uh i think they've blown it (laughs) yeah sorry lads um anyway our final release actually his memoirs are coming out as well soon aren't they and um i was wondering if we should review those because they're being self-released as well no you're right (laughs) um 
A.A. Williams, self-titled EP from a London-based lady out on... Uh, a London-based lady? Well, she's, she's based in London. It's not she's a lady. No, yeah, If it, it was on her Wikipedia uh, page... Now, but it's someone can... who... There's not a lot of information about A.A. Williams. All we know is this EP's out. It's self-titled. It's four tracks. It's uh, out on Holy Raw, sign of yeah. good quality. Yeah. And let's just be upfront about it. It's fucking really good. It's really, really good. Amazing. Very good. Um, this is... Of and I'm talking about albums that are out as you listen to this, 25th uh-huh. of January 2019. This is the best release of 2019. Ooh. Um, and I'm stating it as a fact. <laughs> um, it's. In, I think you might be right. What's what's? Let's start by saying what's a typical Holy Raw band, Steve? You're an expert in this. Conjurer. Um, <laughs> can you can you describe to me the sound okay. of a typical Holy Raw band? Please? A heavy. Uh, a very heavy, uh, very technically um, proficient, interesting, quite savage, um, quite uh, involved, um, very uh, eclectic mm-hmm. band who just want to make a fuckload of noise. Yep. Usually in the metal spectrum or hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore, or metal, metal, hardcore, punk. Yep. Like, blah, blah. extreme metal. Uh, this is not that at all. Not at all. No, 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 no. This is more... I mean, we seem to go to her a lot, but I am going to say Emma Ruth runs yeah, style. That's the one. Uh, I think there's a lot of cat power in it. I think there's a lot of PJ Harvey. I think there's a lot of OK Computer era Radiohead in it. There is a bit, yeah. Um, it is very uh, dark, somber, elegiac, um, ethereal, elegant, beautiful, alluring, somber singer-songwriter music it is i guess Mm -hmm. um but with this amazing amazing atmosphere this amazing incredibly subtle instrumentation sometimes so so, yeah it's so quiet the whole record or the whole the whole ep feels like pin drop quiet and i fucking i just really admire the bravery of an artist to come out on their debut release and go you're gonna have to put everything down and listen to me yeah 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 exactly. do you know what i mean that is that is so cool I that think, is so cool yeah i am not gonna make i'm not gonna be your background music yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah. she forces you to listen to her by you using the uh, as low the volume as she possibly could yeah. and that makes you lean in and actually turn it up and then you hear all these tiny intricacies and stuff I've had this record. Um, shout out Justine Jones, fucking legend at Hurley Raw and uh, employed to serve front woman. Justine sent this to me at the end of October. Woman. Um. <laughs> Who I love and respect deeply. Yeah. Um, uh, Justine sent this to me at the end of October last year and wow. I have not stopped playing it. I think it is a fucking masterpiece it's very good and considering this is a debut ep as well and i'm so pleased that you know we did this i did this holy raw chat which came this came out as a special a few weeks ago where we acknowledged that holy raw far more i think what you said in terms of typical holy raw band is absolutely on the money but they are a far more diverse label than people give them credit for but i love the fact that they are now going into this because Mm. this is even for them quite a bold brave step i think if you disagree, Alex, you can always contact us. But, you know, I think I think that's a fair thing to say. Uh-huh. And the fact that they've jumped in with a artist, jumped into these murky waters with an artist of such high quality is just 
brilliant. Like, mm. it's so... I mean, I think this is the... Obviously, we're comparing, you know, one EP to an artist with three albums and being in tons of other bands. But I think quality-wise, it's on a level with sort of Emma Ruth Rundle stuff and things like yeah, that. Yeah, really. I mean, well, I'll I tell you, I can't say who it is that I'm comparing it to, but I was sent um, a, a, quite a big name, uh, similar artist of a much higher profile than this at the same time mm. as I got this. And... It is so, this is so, so, so far ahead. Yeah. Leagues ahead yeah. of someone who is getting fairly... Lots of great exposure. A lot of great exposure yeah. and is, yeah. is being talked up. And, you know, and fairly deservedly so in some, yeah. you know. Uh, but comparatively, is not, uh, this is way, way ahead. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. I mean, the last song, Belong, is yeah. unbelievable. It's six and a half minutes long. Yeah. It is... Ah, just it is just the sort of song that stops you dead in your tracks it's like and it feels like it's over before yeah. it's even started yeah. because and, and that to to be able to condense six and a half minutes into like it's like a it always feels like a magic trick when bands do that yeah 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 do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, you just yeah, go yeah. like is that over already I, th yeah, I thought it was six yeah, and a half yeah, minutes yeah. long oh well fucking hell I felt like it was yeah. over like 30 seconds and it's because like you say the I mean, we had a little bit of a disagreement about the mono record last week, which yeah. I was like, I can't really feel where the changes are happening. Whereas this, again, it changes really slowly, but by the end of it, I do feel like you're listening to almost like a completely different song. And that would be the um, the sort of comparison. But yeah, I, I think this is great. Well, there's really great. A, there's the, 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 I'm glad you chose that song. I mean, I think all four songs, yeah, all four songs are, are really great. Yeah. Brilliant. But Belong, um, there was something that I noticed... Uh, a couple of weeks ago and as I say I've been listening to this record for the last three or four months um, so probably on my 50th listen I would wager I really like this EP yeah. um, right at the end there's some instrumentation you really have to turn it up to hear it and it's basically just sounds like kind of it's like barely perceptible static basically mm. that is used as a kind of instrument and that would um and you you don't even really notice it as a listener the first few times you listen to it. You may not ever notice it as a listener, but what it does subconsciously is it gives you this this sense of unease. Yeah. And that's the kind of genius sound manipulation that Trent Reznor would use. It is. It is. And we're talking about an artist doing this on their debut EP. Yeah. It's really fucking exciting. Very impressive. I think she's absolutely amazing. And if this if this you know, if this is imagine if this is the worst thing she ever does, <laughs> yeah, or just vanishes and in, into into a scene, or does a Steve Stephen Hill? That's what you'd prefer, isn't it? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to say if this becomes kind of irrelevant to her back catalogue. Oh, do you know yeah, what I mean? Possibly. You know, some people go like, I've possibly. never even heard the debut EP. Like, just think, like fifteen years down the line, she oh, might have yeah. she might have nine albums out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I hope so. I think she's absolutely amazing and and i i absolutely adore it as you can probably figure yeah you like it very very much adore it well, really good I, really yeah you're right good. it's the best thing that we've reviewed so far this year without any question yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's brilliant and yeah. you have to listen to it it's only 20 minutes of your life but it will become way more than 20 minutes of your life because yeah. you'll just keep repeating it over and over and over and yeah over again. nothing about guns though nothing about guns which is a bit of a shame but apart from that i would suggest you <laughs> go you and listen do? to uh, aa williams self-titled debut ep which is out right now on holy raw records right that's it we um uh we'll see you next week um we'll, we'll be back 
Yep. Not me, you and I. Yeah, we uh, we'll be talking about the Bring Me Heather Horizon album, which yes. is out now. But uh, yes. they don't care about rock people. Uh, Karan got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we will be reviewing Fucked Up. Oh, um, live. Live. Yes, yes. Mastodon live. You yes. will be. Yeah. Yes. yes. Again, uh, I was going to go, can't go now. And um, I'm going to go and see Napalm Death, Sick of It All, etc., etc. Oh, you're fudging all, aren't you? Yeah. Nice one. Okay, cool. Bang Amazing. my neck to shred, shred my neck like a git. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know nice what that one. means, but anyway, we'll work that out. Stick some shit on Wikipedia about us, would you? Sure. Yeah. See you next week. Bye.